The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the Retro Network proudly presents to you, in association with the House Show Crew, a little morsel for your Monday. Answering all the questions that you send our way. So no more lollygagging, let's take on the day. Welcome to the running. Welcome to the running. Welcome everyone to your Monday morning coffee. This is the running. Presented by the House Show, presented by the Retro Network, presented by Fun.com and HalloweenCostumes.com. We are the Inception of Wrestling Podcasts, and I am joined always, well, not always, I guess, sometimes by my trios tag team partners on this Monday. Educator of Excellence, how are you doing? Oh, it's Monday morning. Where's my coffee? I desperately need it. First full week of school in, in swing, and man, oh man, it is a completely different animal than what we're, what I've been used to for the previous 19 years in public school teaching. Yeah, I can only imagine, one, the amount of protocols you guys have to go through, um, whether that's sanitizing, um, social distancing, everything like that. And also too, I can imagine how the kids are probably acting because I would imagine the kids coming back to school being cooped up for all these months, getting their school year cut short. And then a lot of programs over the summer getting cut. I'm sure they're probably excited to see their friends. Definitely excited. It's hard to convince them to try to social distance in the hallways, uh, as they're, they're going between class periods. Uh, the the lunches that they have now instead of going to the cafeteria they're actually eating in a classroom and when I supervise a lunch period or two within a classroom it's I I feel bad for the kids they they a lot of them don't really want to talk and they just keep to themselves they're practically they're on their cell phone at the pretty much the whole time it, it's so different and it's going to be just a weird adjustment to get used to I don't envy the task you have at hand. Um, and uh, as always, to our left is Kevin Hellions. Now, Kevin, I, I know uh, this Monday morning you're probably drinking herbal tea, you know, resting your voice because you have been cheering uh, yesterday for your favorite football team. So um, did the Washington football team win yesterday? <laughs> they won in my heart. Okay. How are you doing? Of course, you're not a football fan. I, I am not. I do not do the sports at all. I do have random weird knowledge of sporting things, though. Like, like what do you mean? Like, because my family watching it. Like, I know way too much about the 1986 world champion Mets. Keith Hernandez, Mookie Wilson, Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden, Gary Carter. You also Ketcher. have an uncanny knowledge of Bud Bowls. That's true. That's true. Tastes great, less filling. Budweiser versus Bud Light. Lacking in my knowledge of lingerie bowls, though. That's too bad. How about yeah, puppy bowls? Do you watch the puppy bowl when that is on during uh, Super Bowl Sunday? Is that on your list of sh- on uh, things? 
it is not on the infamous annual Super Bowl list. I do not include it. However, if I'm in a place where I can flip through the channels, I might watch it for like two minutes and then keep going to something better. The Poppy Bowl has now become the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in my house, where you just put it on and it just it's background noise. Basically, you're not really I watching it. But it's just kind of on as you're getting things ready. Well, as you know, my, my family has always done big Super Bowl parties, which you've come over for. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. You know, I have to make sure I have the right sweatpants on for the day. Got to make sure my seat's nice and comfy. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, I, I think the equivalent for you would be like WrestleMania Day when we can all get together. Right, right. You know, we... We got to tell your mom how amazing everything looks and it smells so nice. And, oh, you've outdone yourself this year. Yeah. There would be years where we would get like my dad would order 500 chicken wings. And like, you know, they, remember the, the giant subs from like Subway where they would yep. be like six feet long and you'd carry it in. Like, it's just so absurd. Um, my mom would always make a lasagna at halftime. That was like a thing. Uh, they've pared down, though. They really have pared down what they do, and they just kind of do um, uh, different things, um, more appetizers, egg rolls, stuff like that, little finger foods now. So, All right, guys, important question for you on this Monday morning. It got me thinking with NXT going on and, of course, plans changing with Kyrian Cross getting injured, having to crown the new champion this week. And then transitioning to having Finn Balor win the title, of course, this past week on Tuesday. So I started racking in my head um, just about wrestler injuries. And I want to ask you guys this. Give me your top three, okay? Top three important injuries that happened that actually changed plans completely. Now, this could be for the better or for the worse. I'm just curious because I have a couple in my head that just kind of ring out and one that I'm not like too, too familiar with um, just because it happened when I was younger and not, you know, not fully formed in my wrestling, uh, you know, wrestling life here. But uh, so why don't we start with the educator? Of course, you have the encyclopedia knowledge of wrestling. So to you, what are the like three injuries that you think? Like, just sort of change the landscape of wrestling. Uh, some of the super, there's a few that are obvious, uh, more current era, and then from way back in the day. I think the most super obvious one would have been the original Triple H quad tear when he was defending the tag titles, I believe, with uh, with Stone Cold Steve Austin against Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho. And do you think? Do you think that? I mean, it didn't derail Triple H's career. Where do you think they were heading with that? I, I, what I think. Well, what I don't know is what his role would have been with the whole WCW ECW invasion and the fact that Stephanie became a part of that as Triple H was out and rehabbing. What would have been his role in that? Would be you know interesting fantasy booking. Would he perhaps have, because of being Stephanie's, you know, husband, would he have been involved with the heel invasion team? He did technically have, you know, uh, some time in WCW, and he had actually tagged with William Regal at one point as a form of the Blue Bloods or something like that. So 
Uh, I think the obvious one would be Triple H in terms of the fact that his absence like kind of created the opportunity for the invasion angle to occur rather than having Steve Austin stay as the primary focal point of what was going on that particular year. Mr. Hellions, to you, what is one injury that kind of sticks out in your head? All right. I wonder what could have happened and how many title reigns he could have had if Finn Balor didn't get injured in the Universal title match. It it seemed like they never gave him that big push ever again after that. And yes, like you're saying, he won that NXT title this week, but he never had that Universal title again. He never had that main event really again. Um, In a way, I think they were mad at him for being injured. It wasn't really anyone's fault. It's interesting when we talk about this, um, because another name that came up that I was thinking of was obviously Daniel Bryan. When he won the title at WrestleMania at Mania 30, you know, had the match with Kane and then had to to leave. Um, You know, he never I mean, he had so much momentum. It's kind of the same thing. It seemed like they strapped the rocket to Balor, you know, at that SummerSlam and then poof, it was gone. And it's almost like the smaller guys get blamed for their injuries where the bigger guys, especially in WWF or WWE, where Vince just has that, you know, he's got a vision of wrestling in his head and that's what he wants to go with. So, um, you know, it's funny you bring up uh, educator, you know, Triple H because Triple H, to me, he's gone through the quad injuries, but it, it didn't derail his career. It's not something where he had a rocket strapped to him, he got injured, and then he didn't get the push when he came back. Um, Obviously, everyone talks about Austin. Austin's the same thing, too, whereas the injury almost helped him develop the character because then he was off developing that. Uh, The one name, though, that that came up to me that completely derailed, and I, I brought it up earlier because I really wasn't, I wasn't fully formed. I, I was just a baby, was the Magnum TA. That was my next one that I was going to say, Magnum TA's car accident. And, uh, you know, he absolutely would have been the future of the NWA and would have been pretty much in line to be the next credible challenger for for Ric Flair. And I b- believe that with that injury, they ended up now hot-shotting Ron Garvin into um you know into title contention and feuding with flair but you know 87 and then 88 i honestly think would have been the the year of magnum ta and being the face of the nwa as the baby face moving forward his his look his personality everything keep him healthy imagine if he continued to nwa imagine a heel magnum ta against a young sting you know like there could have been Unlimited possibilities there. Uh, another one, too, that um, was just kind of coming up as I was researching this is where do you think, and, you know, we kind of cover the 90s wrestling and, uh, you know, the, the 90s WWF. Um, so we're going back to the Attitude Era, era but we're going WCW. What if uh, Bret Hart never got kicked by Goldberg? Where do you think Bret Hart would have ended up in WCW? Because that essentially ended his career. Uh, I honestly think just in the, in the interviews and things that I've seen that he's posted, he honestly probably would have let that existing contract expire. And then he probably would have 
try to mend fences and work his way back to WWF's graces, I truly believe. Certainly the business was definitely on an upswing in the late, late, late 90s. We're talking 99, 2000. I I really think he would have, you know, he he was floundering in terms of he wasn't being utilized. And that injury, I mean, my goodness, wasn't he a part of the NWO? They had like the silver and black like 38th reboot or something like that, where it was like Nash, Jarrett, Scott Hall, and I think uh, Bret Hart. I think they were in that version of the reboot, or maybe maybe Steiner was in there too or something like that. But I just remember that reboot and that one particular pay-per-view. Uh, I think it was the Starcade 99 where like both Jarrett and somebody else were out on concussion and they ended up having Benoit Russell. It was just they weren't they weren't, and they threw Goldberg and back with Bret Hart, and it was just crazy. And yeah, I just they they were floundering so so hard and not utilizing him to his what he could have been used for. And I, there's been so many interviews alluding to that they knew that WCW wasn't going to know how to use Bret Hart effectively at the way that Vince McMahon could. I I believe had he been healthy, you know, he probably would have hopefully gotten over what had happened and then moved back to WWF. At least I would like to think so. But with the injury and then the subsequent health issues that he had since then, I think it just was this more animosity. Hey, I got screwed. I got forced to leave. And because I went to this other promotion, now I got this injury after having wrestled for you, McMahon, for 12, 13 years and never having a substantial injury or having to take time off. Because if you think about it, prior to Brett's concussion, like I don't remember any significant injuries. I know that he had to have surgery on a knee, and they, they played that into um, you know, the feud that he had. Remember when he got super kicked by Michaels and he fell back over his wheelchair and so on, and they worked around that kind of deal. But he never had any like significant injury that he had to have uh, a lengthy absence from. I mean, he was back a couple of months right afterwards. And they even played into that, you know, with uh, it wasn't when they were feuding with Austin and we, you know, we cover this with the Canadian Stampede and his wheelchair. Was that an ankle? Was that the knee or was that an ankle injury as well? Um, it, w- it was an e- knee injury that he had to have finally some work on just, you know, wear and tear for the length of time that he had been a professional wrestler and just finally getting it scoped and realizing, oh, he had some work that needed to be done on it. So question to you, educator, because you bring up that you thought Brett would have went back. Is there an alternate timeline, alternate universe where Bret Hart is the leader of the invasion angle of WCW invading? No, no, I certainly I don't see that. I I see perhaps with him getting screwed over by Vince and everything that happened with Owen. And then he goes to WCW, rounds up people to take over and defeat Vince. I wonder if everything with Owen, you know, wouldn't have happened Certainly, if if the, he had stuck around and was able to, and, and maybe in, in my revisionist history of you know fantasy booking, uh, had Brett never gone, just the opportunities of just new matches that could have happened. I just I don't know. I, it's tough. Everything with Owen, it, it's just tough. What if you know? What if they went this way? What if they? What if he just you know did the angle with Deborah and ended up cheating? Uh, you know, in causing the split between him and Jarrett and so on. I I don't know. 
just the so so many what ifs whatsoever. But I don't know. Maybe in an alternate universe, I guess perhaps there could be that invasion angle. But I mean, Bret Hart was never you know the WCW guy. What was he there? Two years, maybe two and a quarter of actual live being a member of the roster, and then he got to end up having his injury. Now Bret Hart was a WWF guy through and through. All right, so not invasion angle because it was too soon. He'd sit at home, collect the rest of the WCW money. But eventually someone would reach out to mend the fences. Just come in. Just come in and talk to people. Just hang out backstage to see people. And it'd get warmed up enough, just like what happened with him and Vince, but years earlier, he'd feel better about it. He doesn't have the concussion. He's like, geez, there's a bunch of young guys here I could really teach something to. He starts getting the passion back again. And he ends up being one of the main trainers for WWE. Maybe even to a point where there's an NXT Canada. I mean, he's so good. I mean, he was so technical and so good up until that to that point where that injury kind of derailed. I mean, just... And then he had the stroke after as well. Yeah. So you got to factor that in. And honestly, the stroke itself probably was complication was, you know, as a result of complications from the concussion and everything else from that. But you got to remember too the whole the whole thing with Brett coming back fighting um you know, fighting Vince at Mania was great because Bruce got his Mania moment out of it. So <laughs> you know, you got to get Bruce Hart on the card. That's why Mania was a 2027 20, is the best Mania ever. The Bru- the Bruce Hart Mania. Bruce Mania. All right. So I actually, so, I've got one more as well, unless Hellions, you've got one more to contribute. I got two. Okay. Wade Barrett hitting the announce table, ripping his shoulder out and just screaming in, in, in tears because he knew he just killed his push. He knew he was about to get the IC title again, maybe even the world title push, maybe even Money in the Bank or something. And he's just like screaming and punching the ground. And just he knows he's screwed. He knows his career is screwed and it's heartbreaking to watch it. Uh, Where would have gone, I think he would have been world champ. If he didn't get that injury, I think he was on his way to being a world champ. And I think he would have been a good one. Just his size, his promos, everything. How about what happens if Ravishing Rick Rude never got the back injury in Japan and had to retire? Ooh, when he was the, you know, the inter- international heavyweight champion, when you know, and you know, WCW had withdrawn from the NWA and they had the big gold belt act as the international, ta- you know, champion and all that. What I mean, what feuds could have potentially have happened? You know, had he stuck around and and was still active in '96, would he have? feuded as uh, uh you know helping out with against the nwo during the original you know 96 invasion would he have been able to have some viable matches with hogan in 95 with macho man in 95 you know lots of different options and opportunities that could have happened had that injury not taken place would you have ever gone wwf or would you have just stayed there you know Right. Probably he would have likely have stayed and run the course, I think, with the new with the new talent coming in and the restructuring of the contracts. I really think that, you know, he would have probably have been well taken care of, like probably pretty close to if not exactly to Sting money and Ric Flair money, likely. She's probably. Yeah. Without a doubt. 
and and then like do you you know now 20 years later do you have him continue as a manager as an announcer as a right agent like he, honestly let, let him tell you what he wants to do he could have done any of it exactly without a doubt that's a good one all right my last one i'm gonna say what if chris benoit did not break sabu's neck he doesn't become the crippler he doesn't go for that style he doesn't have that sort of aggression maybe he doesn't get noticed by wcw maybe he doesn't meet nancy maybe when everything horrible happened the press doesn't go out and say he's called the crippler wrestling is a horrible company i mean that's an injury to sabu more than benoit it absolutely is i mean i understand where you're coming from like the side of it but i mean it helps sabu's career out that he wrestled with a broken neck you know what I mean? Ooh, what if Kurt Angle didn't break his neck at the Olympics? <laughs> Broken freaking... He still would have won the gold, baby. <laughs> no, it's just kind of... Um, you know, and just kind of going through, I was thinking of, okay, um, you know, during The Rock's first run that was floundering, he had uh, he had a knee injury. And they took him off TV, and then he came back as the heel. Uh, Randy Orton with the elbow. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, he got another chance. He, he, they were able to really cultivate their characters during that time, whereas... Um, you know, where we brought up the smaller guys, once they, you know, have an injury, they're labeled as an injury risk and they're just never given that push again. Yeah. So, but you're, but you're right. Like, uh, Mark Henry though, continued chances cause he's a bigger guy, even though he also had injuries, which is kind of surprising about Wade Barrett because Barrett has good size to him. He was huge. Now he's commentating for NXT taking Morrow's spot. Yeah, so what do you think they do? And then finally, I, I just want to ask, with Kyrian Cross, if if you guys were Vince, Hunter, you know, and part of the WWE brain trust, do you even bring him back to NXT or just move him up to the main roster? Because you bring him back to NXT, who is he feuding with? What is he doing? I mean, you could re-debut him, in my opinion, on um, WWE Story storyline wise um on smackdown or raw probably raw have him come out and destroy drew mcintyre win the belt that way and do your nxt storyline on raw with drew being the guy chasing him it's almost too bad that we don't still have um general managers for the brands because carrying coming back and showing up on all three shows and every show kind of like geez we would like to have him but we don't want someone to come in and destroy our champion like he did in NXT in such a short amount of time. So he's a wanted talent, but they're also kind of scared and nervous about him too. Like if he comes in and, you know, defeats our main guy and gets our title and all that, oh, what's that say about our main guy? You know, you could have some people excited to face him and some people scared and just build it up for what brand is he going to sign with. And, uh, and and finally, just to round up this edition of the run-in, any chance Brock Lesnar goes to AEW, I'm going to say 0% chance. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be Vince McMahon's in Vince McMahon's pocket for the rest of his life. The only the only thing the only thing I could see is maybe UFC for that John Jones fight. It's the only thing. But I think he's too old at this point. He's too old and he doesn't want to go back into the USADA pool. There's no way and and get tested. Mm-mm. Uh, that's a good point. Honestly, I could see Vince like I'll give you money stay at home just don't go AEW. He doesn't fit AEW. He just doesn't. Who do you have him feud with? <laughs> like no one, 
no one. There's no there's no beast for him to feud with. He's just going to destroy everyone. He's going to want the title, and he's going to want to show up like twice a year. Yeah, the only thing I could think of, I mean, to me as a wrestling fan, Brock versus Omega is extremely intriguing. Um, but you would have to bring Brock Brock in and have him destroy Darby Allen, destroy yeah. Orange Cassidy, and then have like Hangman Page beat. Like, it's, it's not even worth getting that one victory for Hangman Page or whoever you're going to build up to be your your superstar. Through the best friends in a in a two on one handicap. Yeah, flip over Sue's van. <laughs> right. Call it a day. And who do you put him with? Because Heyman's not going to AEW, but he needs a mouthpiece. I don't. I don't think he does though. No. I think he could talk. He just chooses not to. Yeah, exactly. He chooses not to. Okay, he would want a mouthpiece. How about that? It doesn't need right. one, but I think he would want one. What if Jericho brought him in? Oh, God. That would be like part of the see. inner circle? That would be crazy. Oh, I could see that. You know? I could see that they have some connection we're unaware of, us general fans. All right, so I think that's going to do it for us on this Monday morning. Educator of excellence. Uh, what do you want to tell everyone? Uh, we got a good episode coming up. We got a uh, rock bottom. Oh, baby, rock bottom. Looking forward to uh, chit chatting away about that show. Thanks everyone for tuning in, and uh, hopefully we'll see you all next week. Yeah, and I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. Hopefully your fantasy football team is on the verge of winning or already has their win wrapped up this week and of course always go into the show notes and click on the link for halloweencostumes.com and fun.com to save 20% off at halloweencostumes.com and 15% off at fun.com and follow me on twitter at maddie treats kevin hellions take us home all right thank you to retro network for hosting us thank you to my two co-hosts here wwe network for our the content which we didn't really talk about a lot on running but you know we do on the main show you can follow us across social media at TRN House Show. Thank you, Richard Reader, for our logo. You can follow my stuff at Master Library. And remember that fun.com and HalloweenCostumes.com promo. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.